Somebody say God is good. Somebody say God is great. Let us thank him for this food. It is food. How many of you know his word is food? Somebody look at your neighbor and say his name matters. Look at another neighbor and give them your name. My name is. And then sit down. I feel God in this place today. I want to take you to a narrative of scripture today in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. As we start a Christmas series today. It's an abstract Christmas series. It's a brand new Christmas series. It's a Christmas series that will point to and reflect upon the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, but will also remind you of your purpose in Jesus Christ. How many of you know we all have a, a, a purpose under God? Are you with me? How many of you know that God has a plan for you? You see, sometimes I think we try to plan out God's work and then ask him to bless the plan that we've given to him. But God has a plan. And sometimes that plan walks us into a valley and sometimes that plan walks us up on top of a mountain. But the truth is, we've got to be willing to be obedient to the plan. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I'm going to read it to you in the message translation, if that's all right. I, I very rarely use the message translation, but I believe today this translation captures where we're going in a beautiful way. Can I read it to you? Here's what it says, and it says in verse 20, and I'm going to need your help today because I, I believe God's got something very specific for some of you in this place. Verse 20 says, while he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring forth a son. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus God saves because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God is with us. Then in verse 24 and 25, then Joseph, Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. Hold on a second. He named the baby Jesus. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. But it's verse 20 that establishes the context for this series. It's verse 20 that gives us the talking points for today's message. It's verse 20 where something happens in Joseph's life where Matthew's gospel tells us that Joseph was writing a storyline in his life that didn't necessarily acquiesce with the storyline that God had written for his life. We see that Joseph was under great extreme pressure in this story. Can you imagine the stress that Joseph was under? Can you imagine having to tell your friends that your lady is pregnant and you have nothing to do with it? What you think they're going to say? 
Can you imagine? You see, we've kind of Hollywoodized the, the birth of, of Christ in a palatable way. But the truth is, here is a woman who was pregnant with child who was a virgin and said virgin was betrothed to be married to Joseph. And so Joseph is thinking to himself that his woman has been stepping out. This was not just disgraceful in that period of time. It was also punishable by death. Here is Joseph and Mary thinking about their, their lives and everything that they're looking forward to. And they're dreaming. They're dreaming about their, their future. They're dreaming about everything. They're dreaming about having kids. They're dreaming about their first house. They're dreaming about their honeymoon. And the festivities that come with the honeymoon. Y'all know what I'm saying here. I'm trying to keep it G-rated. But then, Ronnie, life happens. And when life happens, verse 20 tells us something. It says, put verse 20 up for us. Verse 20 says this. It says, verse 20, it says something very beautiful. And if you think I can read those little small words that are in between all that other stuff, verse 20 says this. Production, thank you. I can't read that. Verse 20 says, says this, verse 20. It says, while he was trying to figure a way out. Hold on a second. While he was trying to figure a way out, God gave him a dream. Hold on a second. I want you to look at your neighbor and give them the title to this Christmas series, Christmas Dreams. Look at somebody and say, Christmas Dreams. But here's what's powerful. Here is Joseph going into this situation out of his control, beyond his realm of understanding, and he's looking for a way out. And God gives him a dream. He's trying to figure it out. And while he's trying to figure it out, he loses sight of his faith because he's so overwhelmed by his problem. How many of you know so many times we allow the problem in life to be greater in our hearts than the promise of God's word? And when we allow the promise of God's word to, or, or the problems in life to be greater than the promise of God's word, faith goes out the window because we then begin to try to figure it out for ourselves. Hold on a second. We try to figure it out for ourselves. Now, listen, I need you to hear me. The best way to overcome the difficulties in your life is to hold on to the promise of his word when you're going through the problems in life. But now I need you to understand something. I am not in any stretch of the imagination saying that we should not try to figure our way out. What I am saying is that we cannot place more emphasis on figuring it out than we do on acting out in faith. I, I know that's not necessarily a sexy title, but that is the title of today's message. Figuring it out versus acting out in faith. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, figuring it out. Look at somebody else and say, acting out in faith. Think about this with me. Here is, here is Joseph. When he's at this period in his life that he can't, 
He just can't wrap his brain around it, so he tries to figure it out on his own. And what does God do? God causes him to dream. In the hellacious experience of his life, the most difficult experience of his life, God causes him to dream. When Joseph is trying to just hang out in what is happening in his life, God causes him to think about what could be. Y'all are not listening to me. You're not hearing me. I, I, I wrote this, this down. You, you, gotta, you, you gotta grab this. Because when we, in life, we take our minds off of what could be to focus on what is, dreaming stops. When we take our minds and our eyes off of what could be and we place them on what is, dreaming stops. When our problems become so overwhelming that we're trying to figure it out, rather than including God in the process, we lose our ability to have God dreams. Could it be that God was placing a dream back in Joseph's spirit? Why? Because our inability to dream causes us to miss big things. Did you hear me? Our inability to dream causes us to miss God things. You need to write that down. I don't even know if it's in your notes, but it should be. Our inability to dream causes us to miss God things. How many of you know when we were kids, we were dreamers? Anybody in here was a dreamer? You were a dreamer? Raise your hand. If you were a dreamer and you just dreamed all kinds of dreams and you were a kid. Like me, I dreamed I was going to be an astronaut. My dream led me to the rooftop. Because I believe I could fly. I believe I could touch the sky. Until I took off. <laughs> and I realized that my location was going to be the earth and not the moon. We have the ability to dream. When we were kids, we were dream, dreaming about the, the gift underneath the tree. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You were dreaming about that gift. We, we have the ability to dream, but then what happens is life happens. And when life happens, we stop dreaming because we're focused on the outcomes of life. Or should I say the outcomes in life tend to rob us of our ability to dream. So Joseph was trying to figure a way out. And God gave him a dream. And in that dream, in verse 20, it says, when Joseph was trying to figure a way out, God gave him a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. That's important. One, God called him by name, Joseph. But he also gave him a title, Joseph, son of David. In other words, the first thing that God did when he gave Joseph a dream was to remind Joseph of who he was. You know why? Because if you forget who you are in Christ, you'll forget what it is God wants you to do. <laughs> Y'all don't want to hear this today. He said, Joseph, son of, son of David, 
The second thing that happens here is that Joseph gets reminded about the story, the Old Testament prophecy that, that, the, that Jesus Christ himself, the Messiah, the Savior of the world would come through the line of David and Joseph is in the line of David and Jesus has reminded Joseph that he's in the line of David. You see, before God will do the obvious thing in your life, which is to deal with the situation in your life, many times he'll do a work in you. So that when he changes the situation in your life, you'll be ready to receive it. You see, so often we're trying to fix something that God already has a plan for. We're so busy trying to fix something that God already has a plan for. And then we begin to question whether or not God has a plan for it. The problem is you're too busy trying to figure it out that you've taken faith out of the equation. It's like, he said, Joseph, son of David. It's Joseph, son of David, you see, if you forget who you are in Christ, you'll not be able to do what it is Christ wants you to do. Joseph, son of David. So he reminds him who he is, number one. Number two, he reminds him of his purpose. It's connected to an Old Testament prophecy that the Messiah, that the Savior of the world, that Jesus Christ would come through the line of David, which is Joseph. But if you haven't picked up on what he was doing yet, here's what he was doing. Jesus, or God himself, was actually writing the storyline for Joseph because Joseph had written a different storyline for his life. He was rewriting the storyline. How many of you know when we go through difficulty, we tend to write a story? You with me? We tend to write a story and sometimes that story has absolutely nothing to do with God. We write a story about the problems in our lives and then we begin to do all of these spinoffs and all of these other episodes and all of this movie telling, this storytelling, and we're telling the story about our lives and we're writing the story about our lives and we've taken God out of it and therefore we're living according to what we can figure out rather than according to our faith in God. So he caused Joseph to dream. He said, Joseph, son of David, hold on a second. At this moment, Joseph being the good Hebrew that he is, his mind had to go back to who David was. David was not just his great, 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 great grandpa. David was also the greatest king in all of Israel, the one who was anointed by God. Now his mind goes back to David. Hold on a second. David found himself in a place where he couldn't figure things out one time. And God placed a dream within David's spirit. And the dream turned into a song that came out of his mouth. And the dream sounded like, for the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And when I can't figure it out, he causes me to lie down in green pastures. And when I can't figure out everything else, he leads me beside of quiet waters. And then when I can't figure everything else out, he restoreth my soul. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for his rod and his staff they comfort me because he's with me he's for me when david couldn't figure it out god gave him a song and now joseph can't figure it out and god reminds him of david's song 
What happens in David's life when David can't figure it out? God leads him to the source. <laughs> For the Lord is my shepherd, Johnny. And I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside of quiet waters. He's writing this new story line. It's like, let me, let me, let me say this. Some of you are writing a story in your life right now. You're writing a story based upon the scenario because the scenario you can't figure out. It's like I heard an old preacher one time say, um, uh, let me just tell the story. He, he said that he had a friend who called him up. The friend needed to talk to him desperately. So he said, come on into my office and we'll talk. And so his friend gets there and he says, hey, listen, my, my, my marriage is struggling. He said, and... My finances are a wreck. And because I can't figure it out, I'm losing faith and hope in God. And so the preacher said, okay, let me get this right. You're divorced and your wife won't talk to you anymore. And the dude said, where'd you get that from? No, I'm still married. The preacher said, oh, okay, okay, okay. So you lost your job, you're unemployed, and now you're bankrupt. What? I got my job, Pastor. I, I, I was just telling you, man, I'm just, you know, my, my finances are a wreck. He said, oh, okay, I got that right. He said, okay, so because of all of that, you now don't believe in God. He said, come on, Pastor, what are you talking about? Yes, I believe in God. So the pastor said to him, he said, listen, I'm not trying to make light of your difficulty. What I'm trying to do is give you a different perspective. He said, because from where I stand, <laughs> you're a man who has great opportunity. Why? Because you're in a marriage that has potential. <laughs> you still have a job, a man who has a job. You're also a man who has a God. And what you need to do is tell the enemy that he no longer reigns and rules over your life. So instead, you got to hold on to a God. <laughs> you got to focus on what is above, what is pure, what is holy, what is lovely, what is beautiful. That's the story that you need to write in your life. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, let's rewrite the story. So here you have, you have Joseph who God called and caused him to dream. God said this in verses 20 through 23, while he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. Hold on a second. Are you grabbing this? Do you know why God told him that? Because Joseph had already written a different story. He, God said, listen, that storyline that you came up with, this baby is God's baby. You're trying to come up with a different storyline. This baby is God's baby. Hold, 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 hold on. This, this, is, this is big. So, so in, in, in other words, when we're so busy trying to figure this thing out, we tend to have all of these questions. How many of you know we enter into a question period? We're good at questions, aren't we? How many of you are really good at questions? Like your kid comes home from school and, and they say, your kid says, hey, the teacher today told me I'm not good at math. What's your response as a parent? What? Why are you not good at math? What is it that you are doing that says that you're not good at math? 
We're so good at questions. Listen, questions are not necessarily a problem because questions are a form of learning. The problem is so many times our questions cause us to have roadblocks in our faith. And we begin to question, and so therefore we, our, our faith has this roadblock, and we can't figure it out because we're not faithing it out, and therefore we miss out, and all because we, we've got these questions, and we can't figure. Listen, our faith is not built on our knowledge. I need you to understand that. Our faith is built upon the belief that God has great ability, the greatest of all ability, and therefore he can deal with what we can't deal with. You see, that's, that's our faith. That, that's what, listen, we tend to get frustrated when we can't figure things out. In all honesty, years ago, I, I was so frustrated with just trying to figure out a message, a sermon, like week after week, a sermon. Next week, another sermon. The next week, another sermon. Week after week, it's a sermon. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. Week after week after week after week after week after month after month after year after year after series after series after series. And as I'm trying to figure it out, I'm getting more frustrated because I can't figure it out. And I'm like, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I only know so much. And that's when God quickened my spirit and he said, listen, what I need you to give the people is not your knowledge. Because the truth is, if we're going to have a series based upon my knowledge, we're probably only going to have one or two series. Y'all weren't supposed to laugh so hard at that one. <laughs> so God said, I need you to give the people what my word says the knowledge of my word. What I need the people to receive what it is I want them to receive. So what is it that God needs us to receive? Hmm. Hold on a second. Go back. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke to him and said, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has keep, keep, made her pregnant. She will bring forth the son in birth. She, uh, Joseph will name him Jesus. God saves. Hold on a second. Back up. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph is in this extreme set of circumstances. He can't figure it out. Is it not ironic that God would introduce Jesus to humanity in the difficulty that Joseph is experiencing? And he's telling Joseph, hold on a second, Jesus has this. Jesus has already figured this thing out. Hold on a second, man. He's saying, Joseph, you just, just hang on to Jesus because he saves. He saves. He saves. He, sa he saves. So here, listen, 
the reason why I, I, I don't preach all this, this, this judgment is because I, I, I want you to see the hope of Christ in you, the glory of who he is. That's why I preach the way that I preach using God's word, because I want you to know when you're down and out, Jesus is the one who can lift you out. I want you to know when you feel like you can't take another step, that he will empower you to be able to take another step. I want you to know that when you feel like you're losing, that he called you to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I want you to know when you have no peace that he is your peace. It is not a joke from me or a word from me that's going to give you peace. It's God. He saves. Can I can I illustrate this for you? Can, can, I, can I illustrate this? I, I'm going to use your job to, to, to illustrate this. If you don't mind, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to use your job. I think so many times we're just trying to figure out our job. Anybody with me? Just trying to figure it out. Anybody? Raise your hand. You're just trying to figure it out. And I truly believe that some of us spend more time in the closet in the morning trying to figure out what we're going to wear than we spend in our prayer closet trying to figure out how God's going to use us that day. Y'all are like, man, I thought he was going somewhere funny, Godly. I think sometimes we spend more time in the closet trying to figure out what we're going to wear to work that day rather than spending time in our prayer closet trying to figure out how God's going to use us that day. And can I tell you something? The moment that your job is no longer used to bring God glory, that is the moment that your job will become a dead end. You know why? Because you will see your job for the sole purpose of providing and you will forget that it's God who provided you the job. Lord have mercy and when that transition takes place in your mind you will stop living according to your faith on the job and you'll try to just figure it out and therefore you'll stop having God dreams on the job because you're just too busy just trying to figure it out all oh, this is good and then you will look at your job rather than an as an opportunity, you'll look at your job as a responsibility. And then you'll begin to say things like, I got to go to work rather than I get to go to work. And then you'll begin to cut corners on the job. You'll begin to ignore relationships that God has placed around you on the job in order for you to influence for the cause of Christ because you're too busy trying to figure it out. Then after you ignore those relationships, you begin to cut corners, you begin to be late. And then you come to church and you're like, oh, I need Jesus to show up in my workplace. I need victory on the job. God, the people are picking on me. I got a bunch of haters at work. So, oh, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. <laughs> Can I tell you something? You don't have haters on the job. You just have people that hate the fact that you're late every single day. Somebody say, he's preaching right. He's preaching right. I'm just telling you, he's preaching right. The truth is, 
we're so busy trying to just figure it out. And so, so we come into church and we've got a situation on the job and we're just like, God, I just need a, I need a word of victory from you about this job. But can I tell you something? If you have removed living according to your faith on the job, then you're probably going to miss the word that God is trying to speak to you. I, I wrote this down. I wrote this down. Listen, when you live by, and I won't have a whole lot of time to talk about this, but when you live by figuring it out, you will end up fighting battles that has nothing to do with your destiny. Did you grab that? That's heavy. I'm talking about heavy. Somebody said a heavy. No, you didn't say it right. Let me say it again. When you live by figuring it out, you will end up fighting battles that has absolutely nothing to do with your destiny. Can I share a story with you really quick? I shared it with the first service. I wasn't going to share it, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Recently, Kim and I, we've been just, I mean, just busy, just burning the candle at, at, at both ends. And so Mondays is generally my day off and the only day I take off during the week and so we had made plans that we were going to hang out it was going to be a date day we were going to just go to the movies we were going to go to we were going to go to dinner we were going you know just it was going to be a date day and so we we do we go to the movie theater I don't even remember which movie it was baby what you remember don't remember because the company was so good um so we go to the movie, we go to this movie theater I, I don't I'm not going to even plug the movie theater but it was that movie theater where the seats reclined got a little heat button on the side, you know what I'm saying? And we were the only ones in the whole theater. <laughs> y'all need to come on back. We're in church now. I, ain't, I'm, I'm, I don't know where y'all's mind just went to. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but this movie, uh, listen, it, it's happening. We're, we're, we're about 15, 20 minutes into the movie. The plot line is starting. You're trying to figure it out. And these two dudes, I don't know how old they were. They look like maybe 20 years old. They come into the movie theater where nobody else is at, just us two. And they come all the way up the steps. And they take a, a right right there in front of us. And I'm like looking at them like there's 400 seats in this movie theater. You coming right here? And so they walk right over, just right in front of us, right next to us. And Ronnie, I mean, they just start really, I mean, then it's getting louder. The decibels are getting louder and louder and louder. I'm looking at Kim. I'm like, I, I ain't putting up with this. I'm telling you what, they're messing up my flow here. I'm just telling you. I ain't putting up with it. So I, I, I just, I, I had all I could stand. So I, I, I you know, I'm like, shh, gotta be quiet. Nothing. Just louder and louder. So I grab my phone and I stand up. When I do, Kim says, what are you doing? I just stand up and I look over there and like with my light on. You know, I got my light on my phone. Just like. You got to get, you're going to have to be quiet. I go back and sit down. Woo. Then just like, I don't know, 20 seconds later, two lights shine. And they 
and shining lights on me. It was on. Kim said, yeah. I said, I ain't putting over this. I'm just telling you. I ain't. She said, you just don't need to do it. I said, I just, I said they're messing this thing up. She said, I, she said, you don't need to do it. I, I said, I'm about to mess their face up. I mean, I already had it planned out. Listen, I'm just telling you. I had it figured out. Somebody said he had it figured out. I, I mean, I, I just already had it just figured out. And then all of a sudden they get up and I'm thinking, oh, here, yep. I already had one. He was just going over the side. He was going over the rail. Sorry about that, buddy. See you later. And then it's just going to have one. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, this is on. I'm just telling you, I'm ready. I'm mad. I'm angry. And so then they just kind of walk out and they're looking at me. I'm like, and so they leave. a statement I just said when you're trying to figure things out sometimes you'll get in the flesh and when you get in the flesh you'll end up fighting battles that have absolutely nothing to do with your destiny because can listen can you imagine what would it would have been like pastor beats up two dudes at the movie theater <laughs> I'm just telling you Here's the deal. Here's, here's, here's the deal. We've got to stop trying to figure everything out, needing every piece, every turn, every ingredient. Because when we do, we're taking faith out of the equation and we're trying to figure it out. And you're never going to have every piece, every turn, every... It's, it, Numbers chapter 13, and I'm going to close with this. Numbers chapter 13. Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land. He said, I want you to go into the promised land and I want you to bring back to me the evidence that this land is everything that God said it would be. The 12 spies went for 40 days and when they came back, they were like, woohoo, Moses! This place is crazy. It's incredible. In fact, we brought a cluster of grapes and the grapes were so big. I mean, you know, it took two men to carry just one cluster of grapes. Oh, Moses, it's everything God said it was. I mean, it's bad. It's just a land flowing with milk and honey. It's everything. It's so incredible. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. But, but the enemy's in the land. And they're giants. And we're grasshoppers. And we can't take the land because the land devours everyone who lives in it. Hold on a second. God had given them a dream for 400 years that they were going to have a land. And now, because they can't figure it out, they blame it on the enemy. We can't go there because of the enemy. We can't figure it out. And because they can't figure it out, guess what they did? They stopped dreaming. Why did they stop dreaming? Because they were, had been slaves for 400 years. So they're still living according to a slavery mindset. And because they're living according to a slavery mindset, they don't understand the freedom that God is offering. Because they can't figure it out, they stop dreaming. Joseph had a dream. 
And when Joseph was trying to figure it out, God reminded Joseph of who he was. Why? Because if you stop dreaming, you'll miss what it is that God has designed for you. The people of Israel missed the promised land for 40 years because they stopped dreaming and blamed it on an enemy because they couldn't figure out how to overcome the enemy. I don't know who this is for, but some of you in this place, you've got to stop being led by your feelings of frustration. You've got to stop being led by your feelings of inability. You've got to stop being led by your feelings of lack because you've got to dream again. Joseph was placed into a dream by God and when he was placed into a dream by God, he was reminded about his great, great, great grandfather that now he fully understands. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside of quiet waters. When I can't figure it out, he restoreth my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because his rod and his staff they comfort me and they grab this he said he prepares a table for me in the presence of my haters why he anoints my head with oil he causes my cup to overflow surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life when he figured out that he didn't have to figure it out that's when he could live the dream that God had placed within him you see can I tell you something do you think God brought you this far to leave you where you are do you think God gave his own son to die for you and then he wouldn't bring you through he's brought you through many dangers toils and snares you know why because he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it somebody get up on your feet and begin to give God a praise that only you can do come on somebody praise him Verses 24 and 25. Verses 24 and 25. It says, Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. And then five words he named the baby Jesus he named the baby Jesus he named the baby Jesus hold on a second you're not grabbing this he named the baby Jesus you see the birth name was generally given to the father to name. He named the baby Jesus. Why? Because he stopped trying to figure it out and he knew that he had to faith it out. He named the baby Jesus. That name that's above every other name. That name when you can't figure it out, he's the one who saves you. That name that heals you. That name that brings hope. That name that brings salvation. That name that brings forgiveness. He named the baby Here's what I love. Here's what I love. And I'm going to close with this. This is it. This is it. This is it. Somebody said, he said that four times. I mean it this time. When Joseph couldn't figure things out, when he was at the most difficult place in his life, Sarah, when he was there, 
then came Jesus. When he was so desperate, then came Jesus. When you're so worn out, then came Jesus. When you're just sick of all of the stuff around you, not everything you dreamed it would be but yet you know God placed you there then came Jesus when there's difficulty all around you in a season where you're supposed to be so joyful but yet you feel so all alone then came Jesus when you feel like you lack the confidence to do what it is that God placed within your heart even though you're good at it but yet you don't feel like you're good at it then absolutely no confidence and you've never been that way but yet you feel that way today then came Jesus some of you are battling just difficulties that are so beyond your ability then came Jesus Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you would say, Pastor Mark, I'm in that place. I need God to show up. I'm, I'm in this place. I, I just, I'm desperate. I've been trying to figure it out. and I, I just need God. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this building. Hands, hands are going up everywhere. Wow. If you would say, Pastor Mark, I want to live that kind of faith. I want to live a, an acted out kind of faith. I don't want to have to figure it out. I want to act out of faith. If that's you and you want to live that way, just keep your hand up. Just lift your hand all up. Wow. If today you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want a brand new start, you want forgiveness from your sins, raise your hand. I'm the only one looking around. Lord have mercy. God is doing something incredible in this place today. There are hands up all over this building. Can I tell you something? God today wants to bless you Father, may you just begin to rain down in this place. May you begin to do things that only you can. May you begin to touch, bless, and anoint, and strengthen those who need to be anointed and strengthened. God, those who desire to walk in a faith where they're not trying to figure it out, but they're acting it out in faith, may you bless them. And for those who are giving their hearts to you, God, may you forgive them of their sins. May you touch them. May you remind them of your goodness. Come on.